Welcome to episode one of the Lessons from Sports podcast. I'm Wayne Partello. I'm your host of this podcast and also the CEO and co-founder of Quento Marketing, a brand and marketing consultancy based in San Diego, California. One of the things we do here at Quento is take the lessons from sports that we learned working in front offices or working on the media side around sports and applying them to any industry, helping them learn from the storytelling that happens in sports every day and bring those same lessons to what they do in their business. It got me to thinking, gosh, there are just so many lessons that people learn playing games, whether they're working in sports or playing sports. So I wanted to start this podcast to have conversations with people to explore some of the things that they learn from sports that they now apply to their everyday life to find happiness and success. When I stepped away from my dream job of being the chief marketing officer for a major league baseball team, one of the things that I committed to was giving back, sharing all of the amazing adventures and journeys that I've gotten to have through my path to get here to help other people, somebody like me who doesn't really have a path at an early age or somebody later in life trying to figure it out. If I could help provide that value to people, that's what this is all about. So in episode one, we're gonna start where I started with my first kind of mentor in the business world, a guy named Jim Rushton, who is now with the Los Angeles Chargers. But his career and journey has taken him from the radio business to working for IBM, to traveling all over the world, helping sports teams better utilize information and technology to be better marketers and drive more revenue. Uh, Jim is a revenue guy, but that's not what defines him. To me, what defines Jim is his mentorship and coaching and his coaching tree is something that is just incredible. The amount of people who he has given his time, leadership and mentorship to who have all gone on to find their own version of success and happiness is just astounding. I'm one of them and that's why I wanted to start with Jim. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Jim Rushton. Jim, so excited to have you uh, as my first guest on Lessons from Sports. And uh, for, I, obviously, I know you very well, but if you don't mind, just kind of share with the audience a little bit about you and your journey to where you are today. Sure. Justin, uh, thanks, Wayne. I'm glad to be the first. Uh, I don't know. It's great to be first or uh, we're, we can make all those mistakes together here on this uh, first version. That was part of the plan, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, extremely proud of what you have done, uh, watch your career from the, the get go at sports radio, WEI, we spent some time together. You came in as the, uh, the beer slinging, uh, promo guy who was, who reinvented the bar appearance for, uh, radio stations and the local, uh, local breweries that we were working with. And, uh, your work uh, from there to uh, uh, I call it Google University uh, is uh, and he said, "Hey Wayne, we got to figure this out." And you went to Google University and figured it out. To the first person who came in my office when uh, the, I announced I was going to Miami with the Miami Dolphins, and you said, uh, "Probably within six minutes, uh, you were in my office saying, <laughs> take me with you.'" And uh, uh, watching you grow on the NFL side in a new uh, state, new market, new city. Uh, new organization and uh, watch you, you know, grow and develop there into a lot of the content work you've done there. And, uh, and then uh, when uh, things changed up in Miami and next thing it was 
taking the, 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 the show to San Diego and seeing your work there and, and uh, evolve as uh, not only uh, starting as a CMO, but becoming a uh, important leader in that organization and uh, leader of people um, and bringing that organization along to their prominence. And uh, now to where you guys are today with Quinto marketing and, and, and always scratching that entrepreneurial, uh, uh, spirit that you have and uh, things never change exactly exactly <laughs> so i think my, my intro uh probably starts with your career all the way through but uh for me it 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 started at uh uh and actually before i you know move on to that is i do want to say i'm extremely proud to have seen you grow over time and know that this is just another stop along the way and you'll build something here and then it'll be the next thing and the next thing and the next thing it's just a game of parlay uh, at the end of the day, but uh, it, it makes me proud just to see you and all the people you've brought along or inspired along the way. So, um, for Thank me, you. for me, it started uh, at uh, a kid from Worcester, Massachusetts, that went off to school and moved back to Worcester, Massachusetts after school and wanted to get in the radio and wanted to be a radio DJ. Was told I wasn't funny enough, so someone introduced <laughs> me to sales and uh was fortunate to land with a great team of people at mix 98.5 in boston with a brand new company called american radio systems that was being architected by a wonderful person named steve dodge and had the chance to work along uh, uh mark cannon and gary rosnick some great great people for initial bosses to work with and didn't know how to sell didn't know how to sell advertising didn't know how to sell Radio didn't know how to sell radio to a female-based audience or a radio station with a female-based audience. So I didn't know squat and um, spent a few years there. And then next thing, as you know, we moved over to WEI and said, hey, uh, this is a brand new fledgling property that we bought and we can build something special here uh, in, in uh, Boston um, and, and start out there in business development and looking at how well sports radio had done in uh in new york uh and said okay we can reinvent here in boston and uh an incredible group of people got together and you know we took it from eight million dollars a year in revenue to 49 and a half million dollars a year in revenue and couldn't get that extra half no half, <laughs> half exactly, just to get to 50. um but uh you know a lot of people that believed and and really thought differently and uh, you know, number one revenue in Boston, number one in revenue in Major League Baseball, the top 10 in the country and the market that wasn't even in the top 10. Um, mm. And just an, an, an incredible journey and ride for that was 13 years there. And uh, a lot of Wild. also awesome opportunity to watch the Red Sox, Celtics and Patriots reinvent during that time period in the, in the Bruins later on to go on to world champions. Mm. Um, and then a number of us got the call to go to uh, Miami uh, with Mike D, who uh, left the Red Sox to uh, take on Miami under the new ownership of Stephen Ross. And it was new ownership, new leadership, and a brand that just was there but had to be dusted off. And, uh, again, another incredible group of people um, we assembled uh, there and uh, went down there as senior vice president of sponsorship and then became the chief revenue officer. And uh, we moved that operation from 19th in the league in revenue to 11th in the league in revenue and uh, had the chance to reinvent once again and think of ourselves not only as a football team, but as a 
a original exclusive content producer uh, and then bridge the gap between live entertainment and live sports to producing content uh, 365 days of the year. And so that was a, a, a terrific run, uh, four years down there. And then Mike went west to San Diego and uh, I got fired and uh, had the chance to... <laughs> Uh, uh, that was an interesting day. I'll tell you that <laughs> it was. It was, but uh, you'll see that in you know when the CEOs change at the top, part of the game. It happens. And uh, Mike was on the phone that night and said, "Hey, come to San Diego." And I needed to take a breather and figure out what was next. And uh, went back up to Boston, moved back home to Boston, and um, spent some time again. That's when you made your transition to the chief marketing officer of the Padres and. I had the fortunate opportunity uh, through Mike and others to go spend some time in San Diego and uh, 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 spend some consulting time there and uh, watch the, again, new ownership, new leadership, and a brand that needed to be dusted off uh, in the San, San Diego Padres. And had some great experiences there over that, you know, off and on for that next year while I was exploring things back east. And then IBM came along. And uh, they had been a client in, in Miami, and uh, they really liked the perspective we had in Miami. And they had a fledgling uh, business in sports, of course, with the work they did with the Masters, U.S. Open, and Wimbledon. That was really their activation of the relationship. And then they were looking for how could they monetize that. And so I had the chance to go there and step on a global stage um, as a subject matter expert and a leader of the global sports, um, which was really interesting because it was a chance to look at a 300,000 person company, which, uh, you know, is really a, not a $10 billion company, but a 100, one, uh, sorry, 100, $100 million companies that all have different objectives and initiatives and, and goals and say, okay, let's flip it over and look at all the assets and tools they have through the lens of what sports needs. And so that was a, a terrific two-year experience where I was flying all over the world every week or all over the country Crazy. and would come in with the sports perspective, but then pull in the appropriate parts of, of uh, IBM and then be able to figure out what was the story we were going to tell, how could we help a, a, an issue that the team property of venue was having without crushing them with the, the mere size of, of IBM. And then the next step, the opportunity came, someone at the league office recommended me to the uh, Spanos family and had the opportunity to come out to LA to be part of the team to restart this franchise in the as part of the National Football League, the nation's leading uh, league um, in the number two market in the country. Uh, in one of the most competitive sports towns in the country uh, and having to do it in a very, very short amount of time. Um, <laughs> so that's been a seven-year run. Um, we started Incredible. literally the day we opened up in Los Angeles and um, uh, we uh, built a, uh, set up a temporary stadium. And then at night we worked on the new stadium and then uh, we hit COVID and then we opened the new stadium. And so it's been a uh, extremely rewarding and complicated and uh, uh, growth, uh, tremendous growth period uh, over the past seven years. So that's yeah. the, uh, the, the, the quick story in a nutshell. It probably wasn't quick enough, but 
There no, I think it's great. I think it's good for people to see the journey. I mean, I think one of the things I talk about in my career, and it's the same as yours, is as sports evolved to becoming content hubs, they needed to look at people who came from the content world, not the, you know, just the general sponsorship sellers was one thing, but to create content and to create it out. And one of the things that I talk about with you a lot is just like coaches, you know, I know like you came from a household of teachers and that's like one of your, your secret powers is your, is your coaching tree as the people who you've mentored, you know, you talked a little bit about me. Thank you for that. But I, you know, there, there's a lot of me's out there who, you know, from our time at EEI, but all the way through our time at the dolphins, the Padres to what you do at the chargers who have gone off and just had incredible careers. That must, that that's gotta be rewarding in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, I think you you nailed it from um, a teacher's uh, son, uh, both my mom and dad. Uh, great respect for them. They, my dad, forty six years in the same classroom, seventh teaching seventh and eighth graders. Wow. I could never. I, I I went there for career day and and spent an hour with the kids, and I was like, I have always had respect for you, dad. I, you taken to a new level, and <laughs> my uh, my mom uh, taught at the high school, our high school um for you know 40 plus years and uh i guess that's it, naturally ingrained in me and i went down the business side but i think to your point the most rewarding thing for me career-wise most meaningful thing has always been to see the growth of people that we've worked with together um over time and that's whether it's the sales associate program at wei which was to get people you know started in sales and 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 then see them quote graduate from the sales associate program and then see them naturally mentored by the people on the staff mm -hmm. um and some of those people you know aaron thomas runs nbc sports new england uh brian napoli senior vice president at the philadelphia eagles and then we had that in miami josh corlin vice president of the florida panthers uh josh goldblatt he's a director or hire at the uh new york yankees um you know, and then Bob, Bob Lynch, Bob Lynch, the CEO and founder of Sponsor United, uh, was a sales associate uh, at one point. Uh, we started a, within a week of each other, Lynch yeah, and I, which yeah. is wild. I was on the marketing side. He was on the sales side. And I think that's interesting. And one of the things that I've obviously taken with my career, you said it, which was nice, but the 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 commitment to the people, right, mm -hmm. of the education and, and that, you know, taking a look at the sales side and saying, okay, we're going to teach you how to sell. We're not just going to send you out there. I mean, you know, back in the day, old time radio, they handed you a phone book on your first day and said, go get them, kid. Um, where those those folks that went through that program, I mean, the amount of them that have had incredible successes, just I think it's a testament to the to the team that we had together, the, the thought process, but the amount of time that was put into the humans of actually helping them. And, you know, I had the opportunity to have that conversation with somebody who worked in radio and, and they asked me what I think had changed the most. And I said, I don't think, you know, I think you guys are missing that now. I don't think there's that commitment to the people. I think a lot of industries are missing that because people are moving around so much, mm -hmm. but understanding when you see the careers that all those folks have gone off to have, it's pretty incredible. So that's awesome. Love it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, it's one of the things of lessons from sports in general is it's about the people, right? You can you think about, you know, we've started the Red Sox and it was always that line of 25 guys, 25 caps, right? They're all going in different directions. And then we saw the Patriots in 2001 get announced as a team. The first, mm -hmm. you know, 
first NFL team to be announced as a team at the Super Bowl versus individual announcements and our introductions. And, um, you know, you saw the, 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 the Celtics gelled, right, in 2007, 2000, 2007 or 2008. They, yeah. gelled, and they gelled with uh, the big three and, you know, they put their egos aside. And, um, but I've also seen the other way. I've seen, you know, great teams on paper and completely fail. And I've seen that in, in sports and seen that in business. And, um, you know, so it's about, you know, put the right people on the bus, put them in the right seats, facing the right way. And, yep. you know, and then, and then not everybody's going to have equal talent, but if you have the ability to get the most out of each person based on their strengths, and I, I, I rarely... Trying, I try to stay away from weaknesses. I don't basically say, what's your strengths? What's your weaknesses? It's, it's, I don't really look at it differently. It's what's your strengths or what's your awareness or your opportunity? And, and so it's your opportunity to grow or, or what are you aware of where you need support? And, and, and so if you look at a team of people like that and put them together and you get them focused on, you know, vision, strategy, and execution, you know, where are we going? How are we going to get there? And what do we need to do today? They're all going to play off each other. And I think that's a really important thing, you know, about, you know, getting, you know, the team together. And, and, then, and then it makes it meaningful for everybody because they feel like they're, they're using their strength to support the greater good. They don't have to be the same. And that's, that's critical. Yeah, I think that we've seen it on the field and that's true and it's on the court or whatever it is. But I, I mean, we saw it from an organizational standpoint, I was, you know, just back in Fort Lauderdale last week and all the memories of the team that we had there, you know, one of the folks also is like, you know, like a Ryan Salazzo, a kid yeah. who was, you know, in the phone room, banging phones all day, who now, you know, vice president at major league baseball, who just literally, fought every day but you look at that crew of people that we had and you know you named a few of them but it was it was special you know and and i was just down there and you know three guys from my team that used to work with me drove up from miami just to come have a drink and see me that night and like that meant the world to me because like but it, it wasn't just about me it was about the team that we had and they were all kind of gelling together and that's pretty powerful yeah and and and, and ryan um you know was someone who you know came out of picking up the phone and he was just selling a transaction, selling a ticket. And to now he's one of the preeminent sponsorship sales people in, in major league baseball. And, and then his better half, Allison, you know, Allison, Eddie, Allison, Eddie Salazzo now, um, <laughs> you know, uh, was, you know, one of the more dedicated and organized people in go getter. I remember when we were putting all the, the fins integrated media group together, we said, mm -hmm. we're going to build our original exclusive content media group. We're like, oh, we got to figure out how to run the commercials. And so we were like, Allison, go figure it out. Next thing you know, three days later, she came back with all sorts of spreadsheets and all. And we just trusted her. And she went and did it. And she played a very important role in that team. And then same thing out in San Diego. And now she's at the National Hockey League running their club business development group. And Ryan's over at Major League Baseball. And it's, it's again, you know, simple about set the team up to understand what are we doing, how are we gonna get there, and, and, and what do we do today, then let them go, and then look at the individual people. And there's a thing, I, I think I didn't learn about it until uh, IBM, but it was a 
it stuck with me about you know the rule of 98, which is 98% of what we speak to or how we speak to people is about what does it mean to everybody, but all people really care about is a 2%. What does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. And so it's the not only the I think the, what I've seen the great coaches in 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 in, in sports and, and observed is you know when you, when you think about Dennis Rodman. You know, he reads, you know, see some of the different documentaries on Dennis Rodman. He is a unique character and a half. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, Phil was great at getting the most out of him and getting the most out of him as an individual. It's, you know, he and uh, Michael Jordan work on the same level playing, but they complemented each other very, very well. And great teams are made of great individuals who can collectively activate their strengths, but then also augment the opportunities uh, or the blind spots for some of the other team members. You know, one of my other, you know, friends and other mentor is Jay Deutsch, who always, he always asks, you know, now a partner of ours, but he'll always say, with him, with him, what's in it for me, with him. Like you got to think about the client on the other end, what's in it for them, because you're, you're thinking about what's in it for you. And he always challenges you with that. Like when we were designing Quento, it was like, what's in it for the client? Like, how are you, what, what are you bringing unique to them? What's in it for me? It's always with them, with them. And I, I always think about it now. It's pretty funny, but it's yeah. also amazing how those, how those powerful coaches in your life have those things, those imprints on you throughout, you know, you talked about the Phil Knight one. I mean, those, they stick with you. You remember them. Yeah. And it was, it was Phil Knight or Phil Jackson, Phil Jackson, right? It was Phil Jackson. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Geez, sorry. Yeah. No, no, I, I had, I, that's why I, I just, I set you up. I said Phil, cause I was like, <laughs> Phil Jackson, but he, he, yeah, he was the best at it. I mean, the cast of characters, yeah. and believe me, in Boston and in Miami, and we had a cast of characters. And so, sure, but it, it was just the, the most special at, in, when you could see those places. And I think that was probably most challenging for me about the IBM role because I would get flown to a country or a state and get dropped in, and it was like a whole brand new group of people. And so that really taught me that if you're going to go into situations like that, you've got to have a clear sense of purpose and a clear story. Uh, so then you can bring people and then, and then really drive towards simplicity. So you can break down really complex information into a very simple format to rally a team in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think there's, a power to from a leadership standpoint of identifying those strengths i think that is sort of a superpower that leaders need to have because you can see what your team what your team members are great at focus them on that i think that's a really really important skill you, you had people who are really good at you did it to me at one point in my career you're like we've got people that are incredible about setting up meetings they're not the best idea people so you're going to supplement their ideation and then help them sell and i was like i don't want to sell jim i don't want to sell. you're not going to sell just help them think right. of ideas <laughs> it's like yeah. it's hard to get a kid to think that way but you did it yeah and and, and that's that's the thing that uh, i think this was in miami too we talked about the a's b's and c's and it was like you know, it was about, again, putting the right people on the right bus and the right seats face the right way is that your A's were those people that were super talented and you just got to let them go. Your B's were people that were still growing or were exactly your point is they did certain things very, very well. And then you needed to surround 
what they did well and what they, they didn't do as well with other folks to help them create success. And then the C's were either people that were too new or new and so they need a more structured plan as like the sales associate program or those people who uh, who needed a very strict plan and it was either you know get it back on track or unfortunately we have to you know you have to leave the organization so yeah yeah I think those are those are tough all right now is my favorite part so we go through this is this is what we call the hot seat as you know working in sales or working in sports the numbers aren't there. You get put on the hot seat. And so we want to have a hot seat here on the podcast. Right. So, cause we all know, like, that's great. What you did for me today, but it's all about what you did for me tomorrow. So today it's the hot seat. It's a, it's rapid fire questions. I'm just going to rip them off. And then, uh, you can just give me your answers and you, you can take your time with an answer or you can just zip them off, but we'll go, we'll go with number one. Favorite book you read this year. Oh, good question. The book guy. I know you got yes, a lot of books yes, yes. on your LinkedIn. Yes. I figured that's a good place to start. I, I would say uh, Unreasonable Hospitality. That was a okay. book I literally could not put down. Why? Uh, it, it, was, it's, it, was, it, was, it was aspirational from looking at how they took a restaurant that didn't have, I think, three or four stars to being a five-star restaurant, to New York Times, to Michelin, uh, three or four stars. I don't know the whole <laughs> measurement system, <laughs> but it was, uh, one, it was a great story, but number two, incredible business lessons wo woven into the story. And it was inspiring, and it was educational, and it was motivational all at the same time. Love it. It's awesome. Biggest mentor in your career? I would say um, the biggest mentor, unfortunately, he's passed, has been, uh, was Ted Coughlin. Uh, Ted Coughlin, um, I worked for Ted's company from, a, from a, in high school all the way up through my first year in college, or after my first year in college, uh, and it just ran a family business um, in uh, my hometown. And just watching him and how he operated was lessons in its own. And then since his passing, his uh, brother, um, who I also knew and worked for, has kind of taken on that role. And I've sort of been a lean on in, in good times. I've also, I think, I, and I, I focus on those two folks, but I've been fortunate to have a lot of mentors along the way. And that's just been a, a, a terrific, uh, I've been blessed to have people I can reach out to and have difficult conversations with and people can set me straight and uh <laughs> and get their wisdom but uh i would say that you know th those two uh folks were are probably sit at the top best single piece of advice you've ever received oh i would say uh it, it was a, it was it, it advice is that my gentleman i grew up with and we all, my friends all grew up with, we went to high school with. After high school, he was at Northeastern. So he was there a fifth year. I was in my first year of selling. And he got chosen to speak at the Northeastern graduation, uh, Doug Loughbro. And uh, President Clinton was there. And he got up to give his commencement speech. He was the president of the class. And at, at the old Boston Garden, he started to sing. Deo, deo, me want to go home. And people are like, 
what is going on here? And he had a beautiful voice. And he told, then proceeded to tell the story of how he and his family were homeless during high school. And he just wanted to go home. And his mother said to him, you know, listen, you can, you can live a life of I could have, I would have, I should have. Or you could live a life of I can, I will, I did. And, and, and he went on to live a life of I can, I will, I did. And so a couple of parts of that story is one, none of us knew. It was totally hidden. We found out wow. later later that a lot of our parents knew and they were actually moving the family around to different places but keeping it away from all of his friends and he's gone on to uh harvard and to he lives in san diego now and uh, he's got his doctorate and he runs a really wonderful program but i would say that that was at a moment in time it was i can i will i did is is just i could i would have shoulda or i can i will i did and so that's a great piece of advice that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Okay. This one's going to have, this is tough because you're going to have to pick your favorite kid. So besides me, your coaching tree, who are you most proud of? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I mean, besides me, obviously I'm top of the tree, but besides that. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, most proud of, you know, uh, how do you pick one? <laughs> It's a tough one. That's a really tough one. That's a real, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to go the Tom Brady answer. Okay. I haven't found the next one. <laughs> oh, that is rough. I thought, <laughs> I thought for, for sure you're going to go with Steve. Cause it, you know, now you know his name and everything, but. Well, oh, that's a good story <laughs> on its own. Uh, I, I'm very proud of, of Steve, AKA John Karpinski. Uh, who, <laughs> Those of you who are listening or watching, uh, uh, Steve came to work with us in Boston. I mean, John came to work with us in Boston um, from Kansas City, a kid from Kansas City. And he uh, uh, was hired by one of our sales managers. And, and for first six months or so, I thought his name was Steve and, and kept calling him Steve. And he never corrected me. And he said he'd call home to mom. And she'd be like, how's it going? She said, well, he said, well, you know. Steve's having a rough go of it. He hasn't sold anything yet. Um, and he might get fired, but John's doing great. I love this city. <laughs> and, and, and John went on to, uh, has, has gone on to, you know, did very well with us uh, in Boston, did very, very well in New York, went on to iHeartMedia, and now is in an, an extremely cool position where he's the EVP of uh, category sales for the iHeartMedia Corporation and uh, has just done a, a, a tremendous job there and, and is an extremely valuable person um, for that company. And, and he has mentored and coached a lot of people along the way. So, uh, yeah, sorry, he, cool he's, he's number two. Splinter trees. Yeah, you're, 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 but you're coaching tree and then they all, you know, we all have our yeah. trees and pretty incredible. Um, the, the lineage, it's amazing. All right, more fun. Best year of your career. Best year of my career. I, uh, that's another good one. Um, I would I would say the the year that like 
everything clicked at WEI where we were, you know, I was thinking you were going to say, cause it was a pretty powerful year. Yeah. Cause everybody, people had bet against us for so long. And, and then all of a sudden what we had set forth, I think four or five years earlier, it all started to happen. Um, I would say that was that was that oh five. I think it was probably oh four oh five. Oh yeah, it's one of those two. Yeah, but I, I but I would also say then and then I also look at that the the biggest growth year I think was oh three, because we went into that year. There was a lot of things that we were doing in the business really really well. We were starting to do things well, which paid off and as a result in oh yeah. five. We had the devastating loss to the uh, Aaron Boone hitting the, the mm-hmm. ALCS, the Yankees. And and literally the next day, it was like a morgue. Like no one talked, no one, you know, in Boston talked to each other. It was a Thursday, Friday, you know, people yep. wouldn't, wouldn't talk to each other. But that is the time when we learned you either win or you lose tragically in sports. And yep. losing tragically is not necessarily a bad thing. You just don't want to get blown out because yep. apathy sets in. And yep. we then went on the next year and we had our best year of sales going into 2004 prior to the World Series. And you saw really how, the, how that energy had galvanized the whole region of Red Sox fans. And, gal- and we, could have, we could have literally just dropped. Yep. Um, and for that, I would say the, the other best year is was probably the, the first year out here because mm-hmm. it was that taught me where it was literally moved across the country new job we were opening up the franchise there was so much stuff coming at us at once that taught me from a growth standpoint this idea of prioritize compartmentalize and scale there was mm-hmm. so much happening in my personal life and professional life at once my you know and my my girlfriend at the time moved out here with me who then became my fiance that summer who then obviously <laughs> is now my wife and now the mom of our two kids um it was like so much happening at once that um it was it and i've carried that forth from there is that you know what's important right now what can you get excited about what it might be angering you right now, compartmentalize it and move on. And then how do you scale it? So you're not just repeating the same things over and over again. And I know this is probably killing your whole hot seat thing. Of being no, it's good. No, answer, these are great. But... <laughs> these are great. I love it. I love it. Uh, East coast or West coast. Oh, every, both coasts have plus pluses in, in, in a lot of different ways. And, this is now my third, you know, move of my career to a, a different place. And um, as I say, home will always be home. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other aspects of, you know, Los Angeles and Southern California that is never going to be repeated at home. No doubt. Um, I, 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 what I would say is, <laughs> I would say is that I, I, I felt very connected to Boston. I felt, feel very connected out here. It was hard to be connected to South Florida for the only reason is that we, we had an incredible group of people that worked together and that was a big, big benefit. But I, I just, I just, you know, folks down there just treated it differently. And I know that's, that's changed over time, 
but sure. where we what we were exposed to um yep. what was was different but um yeah i don't know if you each has its, its, its pluses and minuses i can't i can't pick one or the I'll other i'll give you an out i built you an out i built you an out in the yeah. next question this is easy so i saved it for you yeah. your favorite place on earth oh nantucket <laughs> Cape Cod. I mean, yeah. yeah. It helps, you know, kind of answers the question. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is this one's fun because I can think I know by your answer by what you're wearing today, but changes it's changed over time for you. Tie or no tie? West Coast, no tie. <laughs> See, that's another point for West Coast for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I laugh because we used to wear, you know, I think that really I don't know if that's a West Coast, East Coast thing, but Always there was ties all the time on the East Coast. There was ties in, in South Florida. Um, and then it was, uh, but then, um, you know, coming out here, we were ties to start, but then COVID killed the tie. Yeah, ties are gone. Well, when we moved to San Diego, you know, Ron Fowler, who is our chairman, he told us, if you wear one of those in here, I'm cutting it off. You're in San Diego now. Like, that's not how we operate. You you yeah. East Coast guys better evolve. And I was like, all right, you're, you and I are going to be okay. It was yeah. all right. That's like good. That. All right, last one. You could only eat one thing for the rest of your life. What is it? Only eat one thing? Yeah. Chicken parm. Okay. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. I would go with that. Yeah. All right. So the last section... We're running a little long, but the last section is what I like to call providing value. Um, it's something that, you know, I'm really passionate about is paying it forward. I know you are as well as, a, as like that inherent teacher in you is just sort of um, thinking about, I always say that I wish there was the social media that we have today where you could search out and find the advice and find people like you. Um, and one of my goals with this project is to highlight different people so that somebody may be looking that maybe the next gym and say, God, I connect with that guy. I'm really interested in his advice. So mm -hmm. the first question of sort of providing value is what advice would you give somebody who is starting in sales today? Starting in sales is, yeah. uh, read, 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 try, 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 learn, 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 rinse and repeat, reflect, rinse and repeat. And I think that's the, you know, and, 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 you know, that's just, that's more process, but the rule of 98 is, I think that is just a big thing is you're sitting across from someone is, is talk to the 2%. Mm -hmm. Remember the 98, yep. talk to the 2%. Love it. Sports is such an aspirational industry for so many. What would you say to somebody who wanted to break into the sports industry? I get this um, a lot is mm -hmm. the two parts. One, what's your craft? What do you like to do? And don't tell me it's, I like sports. You know, yeah. you, you, either like, you either like to sell, you like to market, or you like to operate. Mm -hmm. And choose your craft first. And then there's always going to be sports. But then if there's not sports, you're going to be able to fall back on selling, marketing, or operating. That's going to, Part one of it. Part two of it is if you decide you want to sell or market or or operate, then your next job is get yourself in the door. And that could be I had a day job where I was back east uh, when I first got out of college. And I worked at the local cable station at night trying to get some media experience. Um, you know, you can volunteer, you know, call someone up, tell them, ask them for their advice and guidance. 
Um, and then the, then the other thing is you could uh, you say, okay, what project do you need help with? Consider me a free resource. And then walk mm -hmm. away with a project at the end that says you, you provided some value to someone else because that becomes your resume as you walk in to the next opportunity. I love it. All right, last one. What's the best part about your job? This is always carried forth with me is, is uh, beyond it's all about the people, but it also relates is the ability to talk to different types of businesses, different types of challenges throughout each day. I just love that part of it. Uh, and the fact that you can just be learning about different, you know, industries and businesses and people and then connect the dots because you know where that may not turn into an opportunity or a sale today but take away some thing you learned and it may turn into helping you make a sale tomorrow i love it jim thank you so much i really appreciate you taking the time to be my first guest on this project <laughs> that we've been working on for a little bit and uh obviously I'd be remiss to say, but you were the first person that believed in me, um, who fought and gave me that opportunity at WEI. And I tell the story all the time. I walked into your office and quit one day because I didn't work for you. And, um, yeah. you said, sit your ass down and came back <laughs> with a solution and that solution changed my life. And so appreciate you appreciate everything you've done yeah. for me, but appreciate everything you've done for everybody else as well as you've helped all of us grow our careers and our lives. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride and I couldn't imagine a better first guest to have on this podcast. So thank you. Uh, I greatly appreciate that. And, and all of it goes back to you and to everyone else as well. It's just been a, as I say, blessed and grateful, great journey, uh, to, with the different folks we've been had the chance to interact with over, uh, up to this point and, and let's see what goes on beyond. That's it. We got more work to do. Absolutely. Boom. There it is. Episode one in the books. Big thanks to my friend, Jim Rushton, uh, for being here and uh, being my guinea pig on episode one. Uh, I really hope you, you, you took some stuff out of that. Obviously, you know, Jim's mom and dad, both being teachers, uh, kind of led him into this world where he didn't become a teacher, but really he did. And uh, still to this day continues to be uh, part of that for all of us so uh, big thanks to Jim and uh, I hope if you enjoyed that uh, you will subscribe and if you wouldn't mind just uh, you know share it let your friends know uh, pass us along we've got some incredible guests coming up on this podcast and I'm really really excited about it thanks again <laughs>